Mike, how is it that there are two movies that we've covered in our brief history on the podcast that feature the spirit of Bruce Lee? And I want to make it clear, this was not planned. Mike, how does this happen? <laughs> it's it's beautiful happenstance. This is this is the universe telling us that Bruce Lee needs to be more involved in in the podcast. <laughs> I'm guessing that there's like more movies out there that feature the ghost of Bruce Lee and it's our job to go out there and like hunt him down. <laughs> We got we got the Winter Shark movies. We have Leeton Meester movies, and we've got Bruce Lee's ghost movies. We're like the the uh, anime bath scenes wiki for very specific things. Just you know, except like you know the ghosts of Bruce Lee and sharks in places they're not supposed to be. <laughs> it's, 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 we we got we have so many niches covered. <laughs> You know, if you want to know about like the ghost of Bruce Lee appearing at an IHOP, let us know, and we'll we'll we probably know about it. Sure, fuck it, why not? That's an exceptionally rare sighting. He's more of a Denny's man. We all know that. Anyways, everybody, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show that's all about sidekicks, side quests, and the side effects of alcoholism. I'm your host, Max. And as always, I'm joined by the man with the deadliest hands in kung fu. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. I I the deadliest hands this side of the Mississippi. I'm I'm throwing down at your local Waffle House. Square the fuck up with the ghost of Bruce Lee. Actually, at a Denny's. Mm-hmm. Get that right. Exactly. It's exactly. I'm, I'm raiding the local Denny's. Joining forces. It's like a it's like a like a leveling Street Fighter. Well, guys, today we are talking about the 1977 Bruce Bloitation martial arts comedy film. The Dragon Lives Again, also known as The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. And it's about, by the way, I'm not making this up. After his death, the soul of Bruce Lee ends up in the underworld and has fights with James Bond, the Godfather, Clint Eastwood, played by a Chinese guy, Dracula, as well as finds allies in the One-Armed Swordsman, Kwai Cheng Kang from Kung Fu, and... I'm also not making this up. Popeye the fucking Sailor Man. Mike, what did you think of this movie? I love it. It's indeed. All right, listeners, I'm going to lay the cards out on the table as I have done before. This movie is hilarious. It's a very silly fucking movie. I, I've got my gripes about it, but all in all, I had a positive experience because it's kind of hard to sit there and go like, hmm, I dislike this when it, <laughs> a Chinese man is pretending to be Clint Eastwood, not any of his characters, an actor, <laughs> just fighting Bruce Lee, who's not at all Bruce Lee. <laughs> In terms of the crossover event, like this is the movie, like it predates Marvel like by 30 years. So like this was this The Dragon Lives Again was really ahead of its time. It's the kung fu version of the Avengers. We have all of the martial arts greats, like the Godfather and James Bond. Well, dude, something funny when I was researching for this movie is when you go on the Wikipedia page, you scroll down and you don't see like cast, you just see characters. And it has a list of every like <laughs> character that appears in this movie, but it also has a section titled Unseen Opponents. And I'm like, I don't know what that means if they were like shot for this movie or like they were cut somehow, but I'm going to read this to you and just let me know what you think. So 
Okay. I haven't, by the way, I haven't found any other mentions of unseen opponents anywhere else. So, Alex DeLarge from Clockwork Orange, Carrie White from Carrie, Eric the Phantom from Phantom of the Opera, Jay Gatsby from The Great Gatsby, Norman Bates from Psycho, Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Paul Kersey from Death Wish, T- uh, Takuma Tsurgi, I probably just butchered that, from The Street Fighter, not the game, but a movie, and The Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. You... <laughs> We got we could have you're saying we could have had Jay Gatsby, the Wicked Witch of the West, and Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's that's a crossover I am ready for. My God, they they actually did do the Avengers, and it was the copyright infringement Avengers. It is none of those people were per, were permitting their licensing, but God damn it, China said go to hell. We're gonna make it anyways, dude. I also feel the need to point out that get, getting away from just the gross just destruction of copyright laws, I feel the need to point out that Bruce Lee died four years before this movie came out. With no retreat, no surrender, at least it waited like 12 years before it stomped on the grave of something precious. And the whole time I was watching uh, The Dragon Lives Again, I just kept thinking, what does Bruce Lee's family think about this? <laughs> and you know, dude, I, I, I can't imagine, imagine I, they were happy. Dude, I, 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 there's no way they were happy. The fact that there's an entire exploitation movie genre dedicated to Bruce Lee copycats. It is, it's again, as I've said before, it is a beautiful rabbit hole. My God. The fact, the amount of people who legally changed their name to Bruce, to a, a Bruce Lee-ish sounding name. So great. So majestic. But his estate had to have either done two things. Either say, you know what? We don't give a shit, man. Just make sure he doesn't look like an asshole. Or they are, or they are just, they're, they're just beating this dead horse. Cause they're like, you know what? The man knew how to make some money and Brandon Lee's too young to be, to be an actor yet. So we gotta, we gotta keep the, keep the bankroll coming in. And it's funny that you mention Bruce, people changing their name because we have one of those with this movie. The guy that plays Bruce Lee goes by the stage name of Bruce Leong real name. Let's see if I can get this right. Siu Long Leong. Just uh, how? how <laughs> just, just okay. That that's a, that's that's a thing. This is like this, this is like this is a real life version of the one scene from Eminem's Real Slim Shady, where all of them look like are just dressed with him with blonde hair, but it's just a freaking Bruce Lee equivalent. Like it's a fucking conveyor belt of Bruce Lees that they're just churning out. Also, fun fact, and this is. You got, y'all gotta fact check me after this, but I am almost certain that for those kung for those kung fu movie nerds out there, the guy who plays Bruce Lee is actually the bad guy in Kung Fu Hustle. He like I actually he is in Kung Fu Hustle. I haven't seen I haven't seen Kung fuck Fu Hustle. Yeah, he is. But you're right. Awesome. You're right. <laughs> and, it's exactly dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> and speaking of clones. The actor that plays Bruce Lee, Bruce Leung, would also find himself in another Bruce exploitation project, 
<laughs> the clones of Bruce Lee, I'm assuming, playing one of the many clones. It's, it's, I like at this point, Bruce Lee just has jutsus. Like, he can just sit there and shadow clone jutsu nine Bruce Lees and have a whole movie about it. Like, that's... Dude, this guy... <laughs> This poor fucking man. Can we just let his legacy fucking live on instead of just just bringing it out? Oh my god. It's it's like this feels like a worse version of like just bringing Jackie Chan out for his fifth movie and he's in his late 70s. You're like let the man chill out. Dude, I It's so interesting talking about like bruce exploitation because again i think what is what are his family thinking and like if i was in that situation i'd probably be like hey y'all need to stop it but bruce exploitation really did stop like after like the i didn't i can't really think of a bruce exploitation movie from like the 90s i think it kind of like hit it <laughs> yeah. so i like, kind of when like jackie chan and that crowd started getting up um started coming up that's kind of like where martial arts nerds put all their effort mm-hmm. was like okay let's look at these guys now and just kind of yeah left it in the left bruce exploitation in the past absolutely it's 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 the from 1970 like four to like 1984 that 10 year stretch hong kong was just just conveyor belting bruce lee movies because they didn't have they didn't have jackie chan yet or sammo hung Sam Hung was doing his own thing, but, like, it wasn't until Wheels on Meals came out that he became, like, an actual kung fu star. And Jackie Chan, he didn't get famous, like, super, super famous until Police Story in 1985. So his ass was just sitting on the sidelines until then. All right, Mike. Well, now let's get to the ever most important question we have here on the Mess Up at Midnight podcast. I'm very curious to hear what your answer is to the question, if the dragon lives again was a drink what would it be and why okay everybody i feel like we're all thinking it here when we think of lives again (laughs) grab a corpse survivor and let's screw it up (laughs) it's this is (laughs) come on it's it was right there and you know what i'm not above it so, what is this movie? Uh, Corpse Survivors usually call for gin. This movie is not gin. It is not deep enough to be gin. This, what this movie is, is a good old-fashioned tequila. It is bootleg, low-grade tequila. Let's, we can do Jose Cuervo. We don't need to go super low. It's not crappy. But it's got no frills. It knows what it is. And it's leaning into its gimmick hard. Really hard. Like, really fucking hard. Speaking of which, it's gimmick. There are so many copyright infringement violations. Uh, We have Clint Eastwood. Just Clint Eastwood. James Bond, the Godfather. We have Popeye, the one-armed swordsman. So many of these people just minding their own business. So as a result, let's let's take all of these kung fu action adjacent people and let's combine it into one sort of Fun little thing. Let's do one ounce of a 50-50 mix. Orange Gatorade never clear. Because <laughs> you gotta stay hydrated and you're you come on. <laughs> now, all right, we have some standout copyright violations, as I like to call them, in this movie. One of which is James Bond. Now, James Bond famously 
enjoys uh, vodka martinis, shaken, not stirred. Um, however, uh, in Casino Royale, he actually orders Kina Lele, which got swapped out later on by the Lele company with Lola Blanc. So one ounce Lola Blanc, boom, James Bond. Lemon, it's, it next calls for lime, uh, lemon juice in the Corpse Survivor normally. <laughs> for that zest, that fun, that spice. There are many low moments in this movie. For a movie that is as into its silliness and as kung fu heavy as it is, there are moments where I sat there and kind of slumped back in my chair and went, okay, we can move on. All right, I'm, you're losing me a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. So for that, we're not doing lemon juice. We're doing lemon water. Take some lemon juice, water it down, put in an, put in an ounce of that. Next, we got Popeye. He's here and he's doing something. So uh, grab some spinach, blend it up into a paste and scoop that little bit in. Just do like half an ounce of spinach. I don't know. Okay, Dracula's here. That's right. We forgot to mention Dracula's involved in this fucking movie. So half an ounce of edible blood. Max has gone through how to make it before. So just put in some edible blood. Now, now take all of that into your little thing. Shake it. Don't stir it. Boom. Another James Bond. Now, finally, pour it all out into your glass. Now you have your concoction. The use. Put it to your lips. You're not done. Oh no, I'm not done. I got. I got a fun little bit to it. Now, before you put it to your lips and down the hatch, light up a cigarillo in honor of the man with no name from the Dollars trilogy. Sip, smoke, sip, smoke until until both are done. Now that's my cocktail. Okay, so we got a lot. I, I knew that that after watching this movie, I was like, oh, these drinks got to be chaotic. These drinks have to just include so much <laughs> shit. Boy, you you do that with fucking what orange Gatorade and Everclear. Yep, how did orange you, Gatorade never? How did you come up with orange Gatorade specifically? I so I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna so orange Gatorade. <laughs> I always feel like when you're thinking of sports hydration, your 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 top of the line sports hydrations, and this is and I'm not including Powerade because Powerade are for pussies. So we're only going Gatorade. We're an only Gatorade kind of podcast. So we usually go with the yellow Gatorade and the blue Gatorade and the red Gatorade. Those are your top of the line Gatorades. Mm-hmm. That's the big budget Gatorades. And then you've got the ones that are always left at the bottom of the ice chest. The ones that everyone goes, oh, shit. Uh, it's better than water. Like white, <laughs> That's the orange cher- like white cherry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a white cherry or or what is or yeah, just orange. Just literal just orange. Well, dude, that's uh, that's certainly that is a concoction. Uh, not a mm-hmm. good one. Uh, just just one of them. <laughs> so. hmm. For my drink, my good drink, int- very interesting. Uh, we got a lot of aspects and characters in this movie. And it's not really explained why, like, a Popeye or a Dracula are in this world. They just are, and you got to deal with that. But first, let's talk about what works with this movie. The fight scenes. So at its core, I'm going to say a sake. I don't know if I've ever done a sake drink on this podcast. I know Mike has on like our first episode. So let's say 
two ounces of sake. Put the, warmed up sake too. Put that in your large mug. What goes with that? Let's say a tea, a green tea. You know, it's like Bruce Lee adjacent and fighting. It goes well together. Let's just, you know, make yourself half a, half a cup of green tea. Mix that in with your sake. Okay. And you're thinking, you know, it's a little weird, but I can see that. It's in the underworld. Okay. That makes some sense, I guess. It's a little weird. Add in about half an ounce of lime juice. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, this is this is something. You know, I can get behind this. But then it just gets weird. This is where the drink gets really weird. Now, I'm not going to say which ingredient is which character. Because, quite frankly, this movie offers me no explanation of why we have the exorcist or the blind samurai. So I'm just going to tell you what the ingredients are. And it's going to be your job to figure out which ingredient goes with which character. Let me know your guesses. Should be pretty easy, though. Quarter ounce of creme de menthe. Quarter ounce of dry vermouth. Quarter ounce grenadine. Quarter ounce ranch water. Quarter ounce red wine. Quarter ounce amaretto. Quarter ounce ginger liqueur. Quarter ounce spinach juice. And finally, take all of that. <laughs> stir that your cocktail up with, a, you know, stir it up, mix it up. Then smoke your cocktail with a, specifically cherry wood this time. And once you're done smoking it, take it off, sip on your mug, and yep, that's 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 this weird, weird movie. I like that you just rattled off everything, and you're like, see if you can gather which ones are which. And then you just went, like, creme de menthe, and you're like, oh, okay, ooh, ooh who would that be? And then, you're like, and then you're just like, spinach juice, ranch water. And I'm like, all right, well, one's Clint Eastwood, and the other one's Popeye. <laughs> like, you're like, I'm at least knocking those two out, that's for damn sure. You're going to need a lot of stuff for both of our drinks. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. It's going to be freaking <laughs> – it's going to look like an alcoholic's Thanksgiving <laughs> just at the very end. But, hell, yeah, I dig it. My God, we have created chaotic-ass cocktails. I don't even I don't even know what the what the taste is of any of this. You know, between this, this podcast and our episode on Zardoz, <laughs> you're just mixing up just a whole bunch of shit. And we don't know how it's going to taste, but – there you go. Drink it. <laughs> it's, oh my god. The nightmare drunk movie night pairings. Zardoz and the dragon lives again. Oh I'm not gonna wish that on my worst. <laughs> Ice pirates, Zardoz, dragon lives again. <laughs> that is a. That is what we're gonna call our movie marathon from hell. The movie marathon chaos. <laughs> it's the exhausting movie marathon. <laughs> Well, guys, go go make an exhausting drink. Come back here and let's talk about The Dragon Lives Again. So again, guys, we're going to be going through talking about the positives, the negatives, then give our overall opinions, and then we're going to get right into spoiler territory. Let's start off with the positives, and I feel like we can't go anywhere with talking about the positives with this movie without mentioning the fight scenes first usually when it comes to these movies the fight scenes are a plus but here it's not like the raid in this movie the fight scenes are a little bit sillier you know what i mean mike oh yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely 
Yeah, I'm not sure how serious you could be when choreographing a fight scene between Dollar Store Dracula and then the actual person, Bruce Lee. Like, you can't play that seriously. Exactly. No, you can't You can't play that as an intense, like, balls-to-the-wall action movie the way the raid is. You have to lean into the cheese mm-hmm. a little bit, which is what I think gives this movie a lot of, like, leeway with with any pitfalls it has because the movie is so very aware of the fact that it's cheesy and it's fight scenes are representative of that. Cause mm-hmm. there are so many of those, those beats in these fights that are very reminiscent of like very early Jackie Chan fights. Like if you ever watch the, uh, the drunken master, mm, yeah. you can absolutely see similar beats and patterns in terms of the silliness choreograph where it's like, they're falling over stuff. Like there's some silly punches that look like they're out of like WWE. And it's that sort of fun fight scenes instead of something like the 36 chambers of Shaolin, which came out like two or three years prior, which is super grounded, super serious. And like the fighting is very technical. Yeah. And I feel like the fighting in the dragon lives again could best be summed up by someone saying, why does the ghost of Bruce Lee fight? this person or that person Mm -hmm. and it's just that inherent silliness that kind of makes you kick your feet up and like you know i'm not supposed to be asking questions i'm just gonna roll with it but if i did have to nitpick the fight scenes there was like one there's always some level of credit i have to give with a lot of these fight scenes but where i don't really like to give credit is when we can clearly see punches not landing and there's like one scene Mm -hmm. in like the very beginning at like a bar where Bruce Lee is fighting some bad guy and he punches one minion like multiple times with the same hand. And we can clearly see that he isn't punching him. There's like six inches of space. And I'm like, you could have just like moved the camera a little bit or just, you know, moved him a little bit. Cause I'm like, there is like, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you could fit a truck through that fist in that person's face. Exactly. Exactly. That is, that is, that is going to be one of my like knocks for this movie, but we're staying in the positive mm-hmm. positives, but the the fight scenes are definitely good. Mm-hmm. Like, for all intents and purposes, the fight scenes are good. They're not bad. They're not boring or anything like that. It does get so over the top. At certain points, you kind of check, not check out. You You sort of stop looking at it like a fight, and you just start going like, Okay, now that's too outlandish. Mm-hmm. Like, it stops being, whoa, it's kind of silly, but still a fight. It's now just, oh, okay, they're goofing off. And, oh, he sure as shit didn't punch him on that one. Because I know I know the exact frame oh, yeah. that you're talking about, Max. Like, it was so glaring. Like, there was even some other fights towards the very end that really started to go off the rails in terms of you were looking and going, they're not landing any of these punches. <laughs> Mike, what was your favorite fight scene? I I do have to say, in terms of, what do you mean? Like, in terms of technically, like, the one that made me go, that's cool. Or the one that made you, made me go, like, no, no, I'm digging this. This is great. Okay, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you my technical one, and then, like, we can, we'll, we'll go from there. My, okay. Like, my personal okay. favorite was the fight between Bruce Lee and the blind samurai. Like, that very mm-hmm. first one mm-hmm. where they're on, like, that cliffside area, and, like, that, it's like they go there, and that's like where most of the fight scenes take place. But this is the first one there, and it's just so well choreographed. You can tell here everyone's so well trained, 
And it's like it's telling a story through the fight. Like so they fight. Bruce Lee has to break out his nunchucks to defeat the blind samurai. And it's just some really good, solid, solid um, martial arts action. I, I I actually agree. I'm looking through my notes and truthfully, the blind guy versus Bruce Lee is up there in terms of just in terms of technical like capability, because it feels like that is one of the few fights that is not overly gimmicky. Mm-hmm. I think there was I think in terms of technical stuff that made me sort of appreciative Definitely are the fights that involve the one-armed swordsman. Like, I definitely liked a lot of the fights that the one-armed swordsman was involved in. Not the initial restaurant fight, but the other stuff that he was involved in. I really liked how he fought. Mm -hmm. I really think it was a good... Because the character's a little gimmicky, but also... There's also technical, like, aspects to how he fought with one arm, which I thought was kind of cool. But in terms of... I'm going to move on to my favorite silly fight. And... I'm going to avoid, I'm going to dance around a lot of the spoilers, but there is an, but at the very end, it's Bruce Lee versus a conga line of just gimmicky bad guys. And it's, and they are like Power Rangers level of stupid. Like it, it stops being like, oh, they're fighting and starts being like, oh my God, who are these, who, who let the Teletubbies out? Like they're that bad. And it's Bruce Lee just beating the brakes off of them, running them in the circle and pushing them so they fall over. Like it is goofy, goofy, Benny Hill level of, of it's literally schlock. just like Bruce Lee versus a mosh pit. And that's the fight. <laughs> it's great because they're all, because it's just all of these, these 12 like gimmicky, like baddies, like jobbers, like running around in circles as Bruce Lee just wails on them. And it's just at a certain point, I was sitting there just like, just like, stop. They're already dead. Please. Like Bruce, please have mercy. Dude, now I did have to give an honorable mention to the fight scene where Bruce Lee fights the Godfather and the Exorcist, who for some reason in my notes, I just started calling John Exorcist. <laughs> John Exorcist. You're like Max von Sydow. Where are you at? I don't know. I just like, yeah, fuck it. That's that's his name. But fuck it. John John Exorcist mm-hmm. fighting Bruce Lee. It's it's great. I absolutely love it. It's so many of these like outlandishly goofy fights occur it is hard to pin down which ones make you go like yeah mm-hmm. oh, hell yeah well dude i think one, one of the reasons that one stuck out to me is because i immediately thought back to that that one raid fight scene where it's the two brothers versus uh mad dog i'm a sucker for these uh two-on-one fight scenes so like i really like the choreography here it's like we got some crisp camera work or like as crisp as it can be and we have a great use of wides and like I think watching the raid really gave me an appreciation for these two-on-one fight scenes and seeing it here in a bit of a sillier way. I like it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more in terms of another two-on-one fight that I thought was like silly, but I really enjoyed was, was a Popeye and the one vagranty looking person. Uh, It's uh, I I forget what his name is, Mm -hmm. but he's, but the two of them gang up and beat up on like a cop. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm like, I'm digging that. It's not nearly as technical because the guy who plays Popeye, for some reason, he is just not exactly doing Kung Fu because I don't know. I guess they thought Popeye didn't know Kung Fu, which 
fair, he probably didn't. <laughs> what well, he was a he, he probably he was doesn't. a sailor man. What else? What else are you going to do on the on the on the open seas and you know and fight people? <laughs> I just love I just love the idea that Popeye is just a dude from like like America Town USA, and he's sitting there on his boat just doing like Tai Chi and like practicing like practicing like meditation and stuff like. That. And the guy, the, dude, the the guy that plays Popeye, and really all of the characters, they know exactly what they're doing. Like even if, even though the version that we watched was a dub, the the people dubbing their dialogue definitely knew. Like, okay, this is supposed to be a silly, fun movie. But even with their physical performances, we are seeing that okay, they're not taking it seriously. And these older martial arts movies, they do have a charm to them. And like Mike mentioned earlier, like I'd like to think of like this and Drunken Master as like you know. But leaning towards like that sillier side of martial arts movies. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people hear the hear like old martial arts movie and they think of just pretty much the movie equivalent of they set up a tripod in a dojo and kind of went, all right, kick each other's ass. Like, and granted, there are quite a freaking few of those. But 70s martial arts movies and 80s martial arts movies, all those old borderline bootleggy sort of martial arts movies that came out at that time. They have some freaking crazy ones and the physical comedy that comes from the silly ones. Drunken master is a great example. Like the physical comedy that comes out of that, it translates super well. Like and and of course a movie like this, that is literally lampooning like pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It's, if the characters tried to play it hardcore, then I would be almost angry with how and they I think do it. something is also to be said, like with their performances in terms of like their facial reactions, because it because tr- there are some people who when they watch a movie like this, like a, you know, a foreign film, they get put off because, you know, they think, oh, I either have to read subtitles, which let's be real here. We're all kind of doing anyways nowadays with the advent of streaming or watching mm-hmm. them watching their mouse moves and it's not lining up it kind of takes you out of that suspension of disbelief i think here with the fight scenes you it take you forget about that for a second you are just enjoying a great physical story it's kind of like mime like miming like you know what what do mimes do their physical performance normally that you see on the street and seeing it done here with the fighting it's just it's really i have to give i have to give credit where credit's due with that Oh yeah, absolutely. And when it comes to when, what I have learned from like the stuff that makes me laugh in terms of international comedies is that a lot of international comedy when it's not referential which which let's be honest is not going to translate well across borders. Like you're not going to understand referential Indian comedies. Like you're like so a lot of it relies on physical comedy in order for it to really land. And physical comedy is a fucking crapshoot. Like, sometimes physical comedy is hysterical. Like, and I know it's a little bit of a controversial one for some reason, but the Three Stooges, they do physical comedy. Monty Python, physical comedy. That being said, most of it I am not a big fan of. Martial arts comedies, the physical comedy with the fight scenes, always does much better than than most like it's pretty easy to not not easy but i'm more forgiving of physical comedy martial arts Mm -hmm. movies because i feel like it's easier to find it funny when someone's in a fighting situation like 
that's a little outlandish. Michael Flaherty just finds violence to be hilarious. Exactly. I <laughs> I laugh in the face of live leak videos. <laughs> and a couple of other little things I did want to mention for positives is I don't know if you saw this, you heard this in the movie, Mike, but they just randomly threw in a sound bit of the song Kung Fu Fighting and then just fucking brushed right past. They didn't even use the whole fucking song. They used the first like five seconds of it and just kept on going. That was hysterical. It's just, I, listeners, that he's not exaggerating. It's quite literally like the pan in all of like the little intro sequence. And then you just see Bruce Lee just breaking it down. And you're like, all right, cool. And it pans in the underworld. And you're like, ooh. And then you just hear the friggin' ho, 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 do, 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 do. And I'm like, I sat there and I was like, am I here to fucking YouTube poop? What is this? Like, what the fuck's going on? And it's just, and it's just the intro to Kung Fu fighting. And then they just go like, well, all right, now let's get down to brass tacks. Like you mentioned the opening credits. Those opening credits, if you don't know what's going on, it's fuck like because we because like you know I was okay like we were like trying to figure out what a movie to cover and we kind of saw like the two B recommendations and like a brief synopsis. If you watch it, just don't know what's going on. You're gonna be so fucking confused because you're like, why? I have so many questions. It's why great. is Bruce Lee fighting a man that's dressed like a cowboy? Why is there James Bond there? Is that Dracula and Frankenstein? And then Frankenstein doesn't show up for the rest of the movie. What's going on? it's that's my favorite because what happens is just the intro sequence it's a lot of like obviously it's a lot of chinese characters so you're like i'm I'm like i don't know that and then you just i just see james bond and i'm like i know that name and then it's just like and they just see like this random white guy they just yanked out of britain and just put in a black tuxedo and i'm like what's my man's doing here what's wait, he looks like he's from the who what do you mean he's not james bond so okay last last positive i'll give the technical aspects of this movie can be defined as okay for the times mike i don't know if you have any other positives you want to you want to focus in on but i'm ready to it's they okay my last positive and this is my this is probably my biggest like pause positive adjacent sort of thing this movie is obviously a low budget movie you can see it literally everywhere it definitely felt like they put as much as they could into making it look as not low budget as possible. It still looks insanely low budget, but you can feel with how the you can feel from the movie that all of these people were all on the same page. They were all having fun and they all did mm-hmm. it. Like you can you can feel the energy. There's a lot of issues and a lot of glaring problems. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. But you can feel the energy of a bunch of people had a blast making this. And I think you mentioned it has a lot of issues. And I think one of the big negatives with this movie is that when we're not getting fight scenes or the movie's making us laugh and it's like, you know, kind of having to have a plot, it's a bit boring. Oh, my God. You're being nice. I it, The story is a confusing snooze fest. It is like a set piece where... They literally just, it's it's a set piece where if they either go like, "Mm, story beat, story beat, and it's 
There's no emotion. There's no energy to it. It is quite literally like like sitcom levels. Characters enter stage left. Talk about talk about the story, and then here comes Bruce Lee. Or they or if Bruce Lee doesn't show up, they talk about Bruce Lee and how hot and cool he is, and how it's totally cool if you. It's totally cool if you sleep with Bruce Lee, honey. Like that level of like you're like come the fuck on, and then you just they go mm, all right, and then they just leave. You're it's. There are so many of those moments that I stop and I'm just like, for the love of God, can we just do something? Yeah, the movie ends so strong with a lot of these fight scenes. Like once like the the fight scene with the blind swordsman happens, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in it. Let's go. The movie p- slows down for a little bit, but then picks up really strong at the very end. And the pacing is just not good. And I think part of the reason where I was so bored with it is because I don't really care about any of the characters in the movie. There are some characters I'm like, I don't even know what that person's name is, but they're trying to treat him as like, you know, oh, this is the new love interest. Don't you care? And I'm like, no, no, not really. Uh, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't care. Who, who is this person? Why should I care? You're not giving mm-hmm. me a reason to. Exactly. They, they spend so little time. Like, diving into the other characters surrounding bruce lee like it is quite literally the bruce lee show starring people who gives a fuck about them it's about bruce lee come on guys it's like genuinely they're like they're like fuck the love interest who cares but also love interest come on guys come on and you're you're just as the as the viewer i was sitting there just going like no you can't just sit there bring in the love interest go yeah fuck her we got to get to fighting and then go no, 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 bring her in. Come on, it's the love interest. Like, you can't throw your characters to the side and then just bring them back in when you need mm-hmm. them. Like, you have to develop the character, give them a reason to fuck off, and then give them a reason to come back. Like, there can't be just random gaps. And that's what I find with so many of these characters. Like, there's not a continuous narrative with each character. Yeah, the only character that has any development or that I'm like, I mean... I guess that one will do for our character development moment is uh, Emanuela. She's one of like the evil bad guys. I think and she's like some character from like French erotic cinema or some shit. And her character trait is she fucks a lot. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. Her whole thing is how are, they're all like, how are you going to defeat Bruce Lee? And she's like, I'm going to bang him. And you're like, and we're like, Defeat? You're like, um, girl, I don't think... You have a weird definition how of you losing. Do- <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, and how do you think... What do you think losing is in, in this world? Because this sex usually isn't on the board with, with losing a fight. But okay. The sex in this movie, you just don't give a shit about. It's just like, okay, why is there porn interrupting my martial arts movie? it's dude it is it is it is like the room levels of cringy it is like you're sitting there and it's just and it's quite literally like emmanuela just just sauntering into this cave with a bed and she's just like "Mm, tight no need for clothes in this scenario and it's literally bruce lee in a tank top in like oakley's and he's like what are you doing (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like, guys, we don't need this. I don't know what the fuck y'all thought you were doing here, but you're not doing it. Go away. When it's not Emanuela trying to just sleep with just the king and Bruce Lee, 
it's everybody else talking about like how Bruce Lee pulls and it does it just enough for me to be like, why are they focusing on this specific plot point of Bruce Lee having tons of sex for no reason? Like it. Okay. Why? I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Like, look again, I am a huge Bruce Lee fan. I fucking love Bruce Lee. And that is, and, and that's on God. Like, I for real, dude, like, am all about Bruce Lee. Dude, calm the fuck down. The dude wasn't Jesus. He had flaws. And this movie is just like, quite literally, no, I'll give you a freaking example. The queen and the one of the king's concubines go to, like, bang Bruce Lee. They're like, you know what? Let's let's do it. He's He's hot. And you're like... I'm like, I don't know how this works with the story, but okay, cool, fine. I guess we're going to fuck Bruce Lee. And then Bruce Lee's like, no, my heart belongs with Linda. And he like pushes them away. And I'm like, okay, cool. He's chast or like not chast, faithful. And then they go back and the king's like, were you trying to sleep with Bruce Lee? And they're like, no. And he's like, I'd be okay if you were. He's hot. You're like, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, guys, we can calm the fuck down, all right? He's cool, but like, Jesus. And how does Bruce Lee's actual real-life wife, Linda, feel about this? I I keep coming back to that. It's exactly, there are too many real-life draws that make me pull back and go like, why are we bringing the real world into this come on guys it's 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 obviously a silly thing let's stop trying to make bruce lee look cooler than he already is people already love bruce lee it's it's kind of like if someone is serving you vanilla like not vanilla ice cream but your favorite ice cream flavor and they're like but we got to bring in chocolate sauce and strawberry sauce and sprinkles and whipped cream. And you're like, we don't need you. We can stop. I'm already, you already have me. We don't need to go further. Was there anything else about the just sheer amount of sex in this movie that you wanted to cover on? Cause I got some other negatives. I do want to mention. Mm-mm. I, I've got other negatives too. I got other negatives. I will too. say the actors, although they knew what they were doing, weren't particularly the you know best actors like bruce lee was just walking around just with a face of like i fucking fight aren't i so cool and whoever did his dub i almost i had to stop the movie i was about to cry laughing his dub when it first spoke sounded like a drunk elvis impersonator who gets like more sober as the movie goes on yes yes he starts off he's like What's, I don't know, what am I doing here? And then at the very end, he's like, now I'm Bruce Lee, damn it. Now it's time to take take you guys down. And actually, like, I, I guess the voice actor sobered up. Like, they caught him on a Friday at 11.45 p.m. <laughs> and they're like, he's like, all right, sure, fuck it. But I will also say, regarding the, regarding the, like, acting for a lot of these people, they're obviously all having fun. But some of the characters are a little too stoic. And by I mean, by a little too stoic, it's almost like they're a wee bit wooden. Like the characters are too reliant on the idea that mm, they don't talk and they don't emote a lot. So there are certain characters who just stand there and then they go, oh shit, I need to move. So they like kind of move a little bit, but then they just keep saying the same wooden thing. And you're like, hmm, all right. It feels like the only people who really can like... <laughs> do emotions past bruce lee's like the sex god right here it's it feels like 
the the king can emote. The guy who plays the king, he emotes. He emotes well, the, a decent well, amount. Well, I well the king just moves around, and like his whole character is me, 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 me. I'm super evil. Like if that, if just that was a <laughs> but person. But he's doing something. He's doing something other than hmm, hmm, hmm. Like at least it's a breath of fresh air when the king shows up because he's like me. It's like it's like a refreshing. It's like looking at five planks of wood, and then Skeletor comes around. You're like, oh shit, hey Skeletor! Finally, some some spice to this. Well, dude, man. Uh, other than just the random side characters that I feel nothing for, um, was there anything else that you wanted to mention before we get into our our overalls? Okay, the last con before we get into our overalls. <laughs> This movie, at a certain point, begins when at its low points, I should say, feels super duper reliant on the gimmick of there's so many people here. Whoa, is that Clint Eastwood in the corner? What the fuck? Dracula's here. It feels like the movie kind of brings in all of these characters, then chooses not to flesh them out, and then kind of goes, that's the joke. That's the joke. Clint Eastwood and Dracula are in the same room. That's weird, right? And the Godfather's coming in. Huh? And you're like, yeah, for the first five minutes, that's funny. And then, like, the rest of the ten minutes that they're on screen, you're left going, okay, what are they going to do? Okay, when are they going to fight Bruce Lee? Oh, okay. Like, it, it definitely feels like the movie begins to lean really hard into its gimmick at a certain mm-hmm. point. Yeah, that it does. It just... It does a reference for a reference's sake. And again, that seeing Clint Eastwood, that John Exorcist, Bruce Lee, and The Godfather all in a room together, I'm going to be honest, that shit's pretty funny. But when that's your only it joke, is. It, is. it runs itself real thin. I'm like, okay, all right, come on. Let's just, let's get to the fight scene now. Exactly. Like, once a fight scene goes by, then when I see Dracula and, you know, fighting Bruce Lee dressed up as Kato, I'm like, okay, this shit's fucking awesome. Exactly. Exactly. The, the the movie, I feel like the movie is self-aware enough to where it knows that it's losing you with the mere fact that the gimmick is on screen and it's ru- and it's losing, it's running low on its welcome mm-hmm. period. Yeah. So I got to say, man, the dragon lives again is absolutely ridiculous. Like so far, Mm-hmm. Out of the two Bruceploitation movies we've watched on this podcast, I think that this one fits into the category more, even though I think No Retreat, No Surrender is a more enjoyable movie. Like The Dragon Lives Again, it mm-hmm. is a surreal, strange experience where we witness Bruce Lee fighting literary slash movie characters, and you're just rolling with it. And in my opinion, give this a movie number one because it just carries the ridiculousness and you can enjoy it completely sober or when you're getting into that stage of drunk add this with a double feature of no retreat no surrender and you're good to go or ice pirates like me and mike said mm-hmm, absolutely i can dig the movie i can dig the movie one wreck um uh, it's you know good synopsis good overall i i respectfully disagree on the mm-hmm. movie one okay. though and i'll tell you why see <sighs> The Dragon Lives Again is a weird movie with a premise that is meant to meant for you to look at, laugh and go holy shit, why not? Or turn to your buddies and go, 
we got to do this. Come on. Like, this is begging for us. And again, it delivers on a lot of its comedy, but it also really, really relies on its gimmick. And there are certain points where it leans into the gimmick and it overstays its welcome. Mm -hmm. Granted, it always manages to cut away at the last moment and give you a fight scene that scratches your monkey brain itch and forgive it right away. But that doesn't detract from the fact that the in-between fight scenes are gimmick reliant. They don't flesh out characters and the story bores you. And because of that, I'm picking movie two because you're after movie one, you're already a little bit there. So you're going to pay a less attention to the plot and you're going to be more focused on the fight scenes and the ridiculousness. And I feel like your your tolerance for a dumb gimmick when you're when you're there is so much higher. Like if uh, like if you are kind of drunk, Clint Eastwood being on screen next to Dracula is going to be pretty fucking funny for a little bit. You're like you're like that's <laughs> funny. So you're like that's funny sober. Oh, it is. It is. It is. And that's just going to extend when you're drunk. So I'm like, yeah, movie two is going to totally be there for you. Hell, somebody out there might say movie number three. And I just want to know what your experience is when you're like three sheets <laughs> to the wind, just trashed. Yeah. Just, yeah, man, just being shit face going like, yeah, Bruce Lee kicked Dracula's fucking ass. <laughs> Well, guys, definitely go check this movie out. We're going to be getting into our spoiler section now. So go watch the movie. It's available on YouTube. Come back here and let's get into talking about some spoilers about The Dragon Lives Again. Mike, the ending of this movie. They just they just bring up this character. And I had to look it up. It's from, like, uh, mythology. Uh, Zhong Kai. Oh. How, do, how do I say it? <laughs> I'm butchering. I think that for when I first heard, it, I was like June Gray. What is that? that's probably the most American <laughs> June Gray. <laughs> so, Mike, what did you think of this ending? I thought the ending was hysterical. See, the movie, the movie is like we got to end on a bang, and we really got to freaking sell it to them at the end, and it really does. It really does because the last section of the movie is there's there's no boring dialogue. There's no like dumb lackluster gimmicks everything is paid off it's one fight after another and you are here for it you're strapped to the chair and you're watching it the fact that dracula freaking rolls up and is just like or no no not dracula just the mummies show up the mummy squad and they're just and those those were the goons that i was talking about the jobbers because it's like 13 12 like mummies just pop up and it literally turns into a fucking comedy skit. Like it is, it is like, this is such a weird deep cut, but it's like the Monty Python reenacts Pearl Harbor skit where it's just the people run at each other and whack each other with, with bags. Like it's, there's, there's, there's no context. It's, it is pure physical comedy. They're all doing hysterical shit. Popeye's beating the brakes off of other people. It's so, 
so hysterical. Yeah, why the fuck do they rely on like the mummies? That's just a weird like hey, we're <laughs> gonna make them mummies. Fuck it, why not? Dracula, whatever. It doesn't matter. We have Dracula in this movie. Fuck it, we'll have a mummy in it too. Why not? It's just and they're yeah. doing like katas and shit as Bruce Lee's like walking down a line and just punching each of them in the face. Exactly. There are so many moments where it's just Bruce Lee is quite literally just 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 step to the side, punch in the face, step to the side, punch in the face. And it's so much of this just crazy physical comedy that at a certain point I'm like, guys, we're doing a martial arts movie, not a fucking bit. <laughs> like, let's come on. This is an SNL. Like, let's fight. Come on. We could, you know, we could be silly boy and fight. Like, we don't need to just do whatever this is. <laughs> and dude. The Dracula fight scene, I think, is the funniest thing in this movie (laughs) because it's Bruce Lee, who's just now suddenly dressed as Kato, getting in a fight with Dollar Store Dracula near, like, I don't know, the cliffs of Dover, and it's just hilarious. It is – I really want to stick on that for a second because (laughs) – because Bruce Lee comes out and he's not in Kato gear, and you're like, okay, that's how Bruce, that's how I've seen Bruce Lee. And then he turns and he's like, oh, Dracula, what are you doing here? And Dracula comes out and he's like, me, I'm here to kill you. And he's like, not on my watch. And then it just pans back and he's Kato from the Green Hornet. And I'm like, whoa, all right, quick costume change. And then you just pans back to Dracula. He's got a swarm of skeletons that he's calling zombies. He calls them zombies. And I'm like, all right, we're bringing zombies in. And then they just start fighting. And it's another conga line. Like, you're sitting there going, what the fuck? Yeah, this is, they're doing a fucking circle pit around Bruce Lee. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Also, why does Dracula it's- look like that one Dracula from those rap- from that rapping video? You know the one? You, you sent that to me. Uh-huh. He looks like that. Exactly. Just an old Dracula he looks- rapping. <laughs> He's he it's it definitely gets to a point where I'm looking at the Dracula and I'm like, who? Man, what the fuck are you doing? It's and, and not not to not lest we forget, not to mention the fact that the zombies at a certain point when they're fighting Bruce Lee, they all surround him and you're like, oh, are they gonna fight him? Are they gonna swing on him, dogpile him? They join hands and do ring around the rosy. And I'm like, God, what the fuck are we doing? Yo, what? Dude, and the ending, the actual like ending once the fight scene and the dust is once the fight scenes are done, the dust <laughs> is settled. The movie ends with Bruce Lee going back to the real world, and the king just fucking throws him in the air like he's a bale of hay. And just like, all right, you're going back to the real world now. Sail over to Linda for me, yeet, and just throws him. He, dude, he ate, like, he literally yeets him. Like, it's not even a fucking joke. He literally grabs him by the, by, like, by, like, the belt buckle. And he's, like, he's, like, have fun in freaking America. And he, like, throws him like he's Joe Montana. Like, he just hums him. And he just, the, my favorite thing is the, you go get a camera view of Bruce Lee flying away as he's like looking at everybody. And it's just so funny because the insinuations that Bruce Lee is just soaring through the cliff side up to heaven. And it's just, or no, the real world. And it's just so weird. And dude, the last thing I want to mention is when Emmanuel is having sex with the king, why was the assistant just standing by with an abacus and a calculator trying to calculate the velocity of that. that ass? 
Dude, it's just, it's, that is also great. The fact that he just shows up and it's just like, it's just, I mean, it is, it is yeeks getting clapped. And just the secretary is sitting there just like, he just sits there with an abacus and he's like, every, if per clap, you could literally just hear. And he's just sitting there with an abacus going like, all right, one, two, three, huh? All right, four, five, six. And then at a certain point, he just sits there and he's like, all right, too many numbers. And he throws it up and pulls out a calculator. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I, my thing was, is I was laughing hysterically at the bit. I had no idea what the fucking bit was, but I was like, sure, man. I was like, I was like, I was like, look, I like, I don't like, I don't, I don't even know if this is a self-report. I was just like, dude, I don't, what the fuck are you doing here, man? Like, I don't like, I don't know what the writers were thinking, but fuck it. It's funny. It's funny. My favorite also, also post this post post coitus. The bad guy re the bad guy like is talking with Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee's like, she is bad. And he's like, whoa. And he realizes it. And he's like reading the news. And he's like, oh shit. And he says the phrase, she was using her pussy to murder me, which that's a phrase of all of the lines. That's a phrase. <laughs> like it's now. That's that's something. No, no. I if I was Emmanuel, I'd put that on my fucking tombstone. Like, like, dude, what the fuck? Well, Mike, man, th- this movie is so much fucking fun. I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover, mm-hmm. but I had everything I want to. Uh, so. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. We talked about the Dragon Lives again. Definitely go check this one out if you're if you haven't seen it. You listen to us talk about the spoilers. Why? Uh, go follow us on uh, social media: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You guys know the deal. Stay up to date with what we got going on. Mike, do you have anything that you want to say? <laughs> I don't know. Find, find a bald sailor guy and try and try and fight zombies with him. But make sure the zombies are just dudes dressed up in morph suits. Go get into a fist fight with Dracula and the Godfather and John Exorcist by some cliffs, and you'll find. Oh my piece. god! Go to a, go to like a cosplay convention and just pick just get into fist fights with dudes dressed like missionaries or like I don't know mummies or something. I don't know. All right, guys, we'll see y'all next week. See you next week, everybody.